Welcome back to another episode of the Broad Body Health and Fitness Podcast. Joining me today is Janine Daly. Janine is the CEO of Strategic Advertising Solutions, and Janine was the first person I reached out to when I decided to overhaul my own website. Her and her team are really highly skilled. Today, Janine and I are discussing personal branding and online presence and how different things like a website and social media and so much more play into you and your profession in the health and fitness space. So how we represent ourselves online, how to actually develop your personal brand, uh, what that is and so on that way. So really great episode, a little bit of a different tune than normal, but I really like how it came out and I feel like this is a very essential topic especially in 2024 when we're living in the digital age. This episode and every episode in season five is sponsored by ISOFIT, my go-to for all things isometric strength training. For more on ISOFIT, you can check the description below. Enjoy. Janine, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to work with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. For people who might not be familiar with you, maybe they haven't heard of all the amazing things that you do with Strategic Advertising Solutions, would you mind filling them in a little bit about who you are and what you do on the day-to-day? Absolutely. Well, my name is Janine Daly, and I am the owner and president of Strategic Advertising Solutions, and I do marketing and advertising. And I really think that that is a very broad answer, but basically, I try to help companies and brands grow as small as a one person shop or a large organization like um, MedStar Health. So everything and try to just really help people grow their business. I was going to say, I feel like you've got a ton of experience in that as well, right? Like decades? I do. I do. uh, I've been doing this for a little over 30 years since 1996. Uh, I worked in radio. I've worked in digital advertising mostly over the years. Um, I've created, worked in broadcast television, worked in, uh, you know, selling billboards, selling, you know, you name it in amplification of a brand, I've done it. Um, So I have a lot of experience in working with various vendors and also obviously through a lot of Google, a lot of, you know, lead conversions, brand, uh, you know, and, amplification of your of your voice of your brand now is probably not the time where i say i was born in 1997 right yeah no (laughs) (laughs) that makes me feel very old you have Uh, so much experience though and obviously this space has grown and evolved and changed over the past you know 20 plus years uh, and i feel like I feel like in 2024, like, I feel like it's like the digital age, for lack of a better way to put it. I feel like everyone and everything is online. It doesn't matter if you're like a personal trainer or a gym, or if you're like a doctor, I feel like everyone at least has a Facebook or Instagram account or some kind of online presence in 2024. And that really hasn't been the case historically, not even like five years ago, I don't think. No, it's very true. And, and to go back to your, uh, you're only as young as you feel. And I am way too, my number is too old for the way that I feel. Um, but, um, you know, I actually started in the digital world in 1997, um, before it was cool to be online. Um, so in about 2013 is when things became very, you know, targeted and programmatic, which programmatic means targeting your target audience. And that is something 
with, you know, with what you're saying, that online presence and having a website and having a, you know, social media and all of that started becoming really kind of imperative to grow your brand. And a lot of people have been slow to change. Um, and a lot of people have been, you know, there's, there's kind of two paths, it seems like, and trying to help people come to the middle and understand that to grow and to get people to trust you and trust your brand, you have to be out there in a digital, in a digital manner. Right. You keep coming back to this term brand. And when you say that, what exactly do you mean by like someone's brand or their personal brand or that sort of thing? I just think, especially with what, with what you do, Dan, and with other health providers, um, you know, what makes you special? You have to market your personality. You know, you can't market what you do because there's a lot of people that do what you do. So what makes you special and unique? And I know because you treat my daughter, <laughs> um, but I think that, well, I know that separating yourself from the pat, you know, from the batch is of everyone else is really the key thing. And so you have to focus on what you do best and what you want your followers, if it's social media or what your website, when you're driving people to your website, what you are, what you want to be known for. And that can be done in various manners, but you know, um, you need to put, you know, instead of focusing on your business, you need to focus on who you are. Right. And right. That is so your brand. It's more about you as a person, what makes you unique and then how you can represent that or reflect that through the work that you do on a day-to-day -day basis per se. Exactly. And that will en enhance your birth, your business. And so it's kind of a, a win-win when you are marketing yourself. It's interesting to me because I feel like a lot of other businesses and providers I see, and maybe this is the right way to do it, I don't know, but they focus so much on like the logo and like the business side of things and less about the person side of things, I think. And they focus more on like the facilities, the equipment, the like, this is how everything looks and not so much as like them as a person, what they bring to the table and then what kind of people they're looking to serve, right? Like in today's day and age in healthcare and fitness, like we have specialists for a reason, right? Like I'm not right. going to go to a foot doctor who also operates on the ear, who also operates on the hand, who also operates on like, like that's just, it's silly to even say right. it. Um, but like we live in such a specialized age that like, I feel like it just makes a lot more sense to me anyways, to market the, what makes you unique than Your all the other thing. stuff around you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I think specialties are what's going to grow your business as well and grow your brand. And I also think that, you know, when you're pushing out content in manners through your website or through social media or through, you know, you're going to grow that, you know, sometimes your specialty is going to kind of be created without you even, you know, without you even trying, you know, that's something that has happened. And you realize that you're honing in on something that you can do a lot of other things, but your audience is most interested in something. And sometimes that tells, you know, sometimes they tell you what you, what they want from you. Um, I always find that to be interesting as well. Because yeah. a lot of people think that they come to the, t they, you know, they come to market and they're like, I'm going to do this. And then it ends up being completely not that it, it, it turns into something else. And that's what you have to kind of be um, nimble when you're marketing yourself. And um, yeah. 
you know, I love that point, almost like kind of playing the cards you're dealt for lack of a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. I mean, plain and simple, I did not play lacrosse growing up. Um, in fact, in Pennsylvania, where I grew up, we didn't even have lacrosse as like an option. And now if I look at my caseload on any given day, it's mostly lacrosse athletes. Um, so it's just interesting how like, you know, I don't have that background. And if it was up to me, that probably wouldn't have been like the first thing to jump out to me because I don't have that experience myself. But that's kind of like the brand that's kind of developed, if you want to call it that for myself. Like I treat a lot of field hockey, lacrosse and soccer athletes, like field sport type things. Um, so I love that point on things kind of fall into place for yourself. And I feel yes. like on the branding side, instead of focusing so much on like some of the little things that probably don't matter as much, focus on providing best for the people in front of you and let that develop your brand. Exactly. I mean, I have a, I had a, a client LifeBridge health. It's a, it's a, you know, a medical system a health system in, in Maryland and Pennsylvania, actually, I think. Um, but they, they went to market thinking they were targeting, you know, 18 to 25 year olds. And actually they ended up, they were mostly targeting you know, 40 and up <laughs> and they, but their market, they, so they had to shift to nimble and that and be nimble. And that's kind of what I was saying is that, you know, sometimes you go to market and you think this is what you're doing and in actual actuality, you know, your audience is going to tell you what they're most interested in and yeah. learning more about you and using your, you know, your expertise. So how do you go about matching, you know, what you want to get from your branding and marketing to what you're actually going to get? Like, how do we correct that mismatch if you want to call it that? Like, do people have like a misunderstanding of the clients that they're going to get? Or is it more of like their content isn't matched to the demographic they're looking for? Or how do we go about like matching what we do online from website and social media to what we want to get from like a brand standpoint, if that makes sense? Well, I think you got to back up and I think you have to, you know, for example, you, Dan, you had a website and it was old. And so we had to, you know. <laughs> It, it really sucked. It, it really sucked. It was, we it had was to probably do a little comparable update. to my jump roping abilities, if you've seen that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, you know, and to understand even to create, you know, obviously you had an idea of what you want to be. And so mm -hmm. developing that is kind of, is the first key. And your website is your business card. You know, it is who you are. And, and so kind of developing your website to bring to the table when you're bringing, when you're driving people to your website, however, you're going to go about doing that, which is there's many ways of doing that. But first things first is the website. And so with that website, you have to put in your background, who you are, you know, and kind of create, you know, that persona and that brand and who you are. Then you put in content and thought leadership and uh, reviews of your clients, um, tips, of, you know, I like to call them listicles, you know, things to do and top reasons why and information and also things from other experts that, you know, enhance your brand because you're sharing things of other people because you're staying, you know, and that's, that can go as well as, you know, your website can be full of content and videos and all your podcasts or, you know, but if you want to keep it simple, you know, just content reviews, thought leadership, you know, articles, things that enhance your brand and kind of stick with that as a, as your, you know, 
motor, so to speak, of driving forward into creating your brand. And then you create, you know, if that's the wheel, you know, your website is the wheel, and then you will have all these spokes. And the spokes are all the things that you're doing to drive people to your website, to contact you, call you, fill out a form and use your services. And so all those spokes can be digital advertising, obviously. Um, and that can be from every single social media that you want to use. And there's a lot, uh, you know, your Google, your, you know, there, there's a lot that we can go down and we don't need to talk about that, but there's a lot of different spokes that you can use. Um, the most popular and the fastest growing of brand is social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, Snapchat, you know, you can use all of them, Reddit. Um, but the most popular is Facebook and Instagram as a uh, social media influencer, expert, thought leadership. And those are going to drive people with the content that you're doing on social media. You can then, you know, obviously you're going to have all your icons on your website as well. So you can drive people to um, see your social media, which can be more fun, engaging uh, content that can relate back to your website. Yeah. I love that analogy of the wheel and the spokes. And I like how, as you mentioned, it's kind of a two-way street, right? Like your website might be your main thing, but you want people to go from your website to your social media channels, from your exactly. social media channels back to the website and so on that way. So I really like that breakdown. And I think that makes a lot of sense logically that everything should be tied together. Um, you, you know, want talk- engagement. Yeah. Engagement is key. And the more engaging your content is, the more engaging your website is that, that, that universe of, you know, flowing together and filling your funnel and, and, and engaging with, you know, you as a brand or as a, you know, um, as a business, but mostly a brand um, that's going to evolve into more clients and, you know, growth. Yeah, no, definitely. And we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago with Jada Cohen, um, all those different social media branches that you mentioned, like your content can look a little different for each. Or if you Mm want to stay consistent, you can literally post the same video on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on YouTube, and you can have the same general image across all the different platforms. But I'd imagine you're going to get a much different audience in each platform, right? Like, you know, I'm not a big TikTok guy myself. I probably scroll through Instagram the most. Um, And there's people that I work with on the day to day who they just love YouTube and they'll spend hour, two hours on YouTube. So everyone's a little different. And I think knowing where your, um, you know, target audience is and what kind of message you're trying to portray to them is also kind of important. Absolutely. And a lot of that has to do, there's, there's a lot of um, parallel in what you just said. So on social media, especially with, with content, with that is video, certain product, certain platforms, you don't want them to be super long, like Mm -hmm. Facebook, you want at snippets, you want shorter versions of, of your videos because it just the, the nature of the, of the platform Instagram can be a little bit longer. I'm talking, you know, 15 seconds is good for Facebook. Instagram can be more like 15, 30. YouTube, obviously, you could have a three-minute video and on YouTube that people can read that, you know, maybe you're going through a whole thing, but you also can have shorter versions as well on YouTube. The one thing that on social media that also, if someone is searching, you know, maybe they're searching somebody for physical therapy or for, you know, any kind of thing in health, you know, they're going to mostly use Google. And in Google, 
So YouTube is owned by Google. Uh, you know, so if you're searching Google ads or whether it's organic or sponsored uh, lead generation type of thing that you're paying for, all of those, there is a, a huge kind of pool that you can utilize by having all of those products. If you have a good keyword on the back end of your website, those keywords are really key. Things that are you want people when they're searching you to find you by the kind of keywords that you're looking for. If you have YouTube, you want people, some people nowadays it's called, it's something called performance max that, that Google owns and we're getting deep into the, into the nitty gritty, what we don't need to. But the point is if you are, if you have YouTube and you have, you know, good keywords, the, the way that a user uses the internet is going to be, is going to bring you more people because they are going to target the thing because you're actually utilizing the products and the platforms that Google wants you to do and that Facebook wants you to do. And so the more active you are, the more they're going to bring you quality people. Right. They call that SEO or search engine optimization, I think. On or... the on the keywords on the back end of your website, yes, is SEO. And I didn't mean to get nitty gritty. Um, <laughs> that, that, I was going to say, those are the kinds of things that I say, you know what, I'm just going to text Janine and she can do this <laughs> for me. Um, yes. because that's certainly out of my wheelhouse a little bit. Um, but well, I just wanted to you to know, know that, it, that all of that matters and, yes. and, and it, when it comes, it, but yes, utilizing somebody like me is going to help you get the right audience and the, and the qualified, you want qualified more than quantity because ideally you want both, but you know, it's, you want the quality over the quantity. You know, it's so interesting that you bring that up. I had this discussion recently, uh, with an individual named Ray Gorman and we were talking about like Instagram following, social media followings and how people build online businesses. And he was sharing that some of the most successful people he's, he's seen do it only have 1,000, 1,500 followers. Mm -hmm. They don't have a huge audience, but right. their engagement rate is through the roof. And yes. he said, meanwhile, there's some other people out there who have 60, 70, 80,000. So huge audience, but their audience isn't really following them or engaging with them. Um, for, you know, what they're trying to do from a brand or marketability standpoint. Mm -hmm. So there's that mismatch area again. And it's just interesting to me that, you know, for a long time, I was under the impression myself that like the follower count or the amount of people you had subscribed to an email newsletter or something along those lines, like the overall amount of people you reach is what matters the most. And I'm starting to like learn it's more about the amount that actually engage and do something. Absolutely. And from what I was seeing, that rate tends to be pretty low for most brands. I think it's like one to 3% um, on average. Like it's a very mm -hmm. low engagement rate of people that actually do something. So if you can get that number up to five to 10% by working with like a more quality focused approach than quantity focused approach, I think that makes your life so much easier, so much better. And it actually allows you to access the people that you want to, instead of having this headache of like, okay, we have a huge reach, but we aren't actually getting what we want out of it. Exactly. I mean, people don't ask about quantity score. They call, they ask about quality score. Um, and honestly, I've been using social influencers for years, probably the last five to six years. And I have found of all of the social influencers that you, I mean, there's tons, obviously, you know, this, um, the, I like to use people that have, you know, depending on, depending on the vertical, I like to use people that have 10 to 25,000 followers 
for even for, you know, various verticals like tourism, you know, the smaller amount of audience is actually brings way a lot more quality visitors to the site to the, you know, to bring more change. And so if you have a, a couple of smaller, much better than a million or some popular, you know, uh, influencer that you think is going to be, you know, she's, they're going to be a lot more expensive and they're, and they're going to drive, you know, cheap traffic. I like to call it. Yeah, no, I love that point. And going back to something you mentioned a while ago too, you mentioned about, you know, resharing and collaborating with other individuals. So if mm-hmm. someone else posts like something interesting or like a really good up-to-date article on something, like not being afraid to reshare that. And I think that's also essential for, you know, today's day and age. I think a lot of people are still under the impression they have to be almost like the outlaw and do everything themselves. And I just don't see that as Quite the, like, the way we need to be in 2024. Like, I think the collaboration piece and supporting one another gets you a lot further than trying to be the one mm-hmm. person who does everything by yourself. Absolutely. And, and organic sharing is only going to increase your audience size. Uh, you know, people are going to follow you because they realize, you know, if you're sharing someone's or sh- someone's sharing your stuff, you're going, you're both win. It's a win-win. <laughs> so, um, and that again, increases thought leadership and the long-term, and I don't know how much, you know, thought leadership is something that I think, especially in this industry is, is very, very important to grow your brand and grow your business. And the more you talk about things that are important to your audience is going to bring about, you know, whether or not they're in need of whatever you're offering now, they might know someone that needs something. They might, they might have someone that's not, you know, happy with their current provider. And so they, they read something and they're like, you know what, I think you should call this person. And that type of thing grows and like a, like a, a moss, you know, it's a, it's a rock gathering moss and it continues down the path and that will create long-term, everyone needs to look at it, you know, not this immediate gratification with thought leadership and growing, you need it to think big picture and down the road. And where do you want to be this, you know, at the end of this year, at the end of five years, at the end of 10 years, and what kind of, you know, expertise do you want to bring to the, bring to the world? Yeah. You know, you've said the term thought leadership a few times and every time you say it, my mind goes right to the words empowerment or enablement, right? Like if you're Mm -hmm. in a healthcare or a fitness type setting, like focusing on ways to empower or enable the person that you're working with, whether that be, you know, if you're on the healthcare side of things, maybe it's relating to an injury. If you're in the fitness side of things, maybe it's relating to just overall health and well-being. Um, I don't think it's a secret that the trend of health in America over the past few years has not been positive. So maybe we can try and change the narrative a little bit and provide content that will empower and enable people to make changes on those fronts. Um, And I think part of that comes from the educational piece, but I think part of it also comes from a little bit of more of like an entertaining piece as well. I think a lot of times people don't want to read dry, boring Mm -hmm. articles. Like if I wanted to read something dry and boring, I would probably open up PubMed and just read like 50 to a hundred pages day in and day out. And I I would, I would not like it. Um, I don't like textbooks for that reason. I just feel like it's too dry. And I feel like from an online standpoint, there has to be like a balance between the education side of things, as well as like 
entertainment and engaging, if that makes sense. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think there's a lot of things that you can do to make things fun and entertaining. And, you know, starting with, and we talked about, you know, thought leadership is a very broad word, um, but that can include, you know, doing interviews, not like this, but I mean, in <laughs> videos, in, in your, um, you know, in your gym or in, you know, in your, in, in your um, location um, or, and online, you can ask your audience, their opinions of things and ask them things that, you know, of interest of them, um, you know, with making an exchange of information. Uh, you can also, you know, ask, yeah, ask followers their opinions, um, network, which we were talking about, create, um, I, I love, I call them listicles, but, you know, top three reasons why blah, 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 you know, little snippets, people like little snippets, as you said, they don't like boring things. They like quick and easy things that will enhance their life and make them start thinking about how they can better themselves or how, what you're saying is, is ringing true to them. And that's really what you need to do is focus on, you know, putting yourself in their shoes, what you're doing. And, and at the time you can't be focusing on lead generation or getting where you're going to get the next 10 new patients. And you need to be focusing on just trying to be an advocate in your industry. And that is going to tenfold help you in the future uh, by being an advocate for, for your industry. And I think doing that can be very uh, beneficial. So I love, like I said, I love tips and tips and tricks, um, you know, fun little in, informative interviews with people that are just, you know, funny little things or ask people, you know, what do you think, you know, and then you, you know, somebody ask a question that obviously somebody might not know the real answer. And then you can be the person that corrects them about a certain um, way to do an exercise or a stretch or, you know, things like that. Stretching. I think stretching is something that people are just not doing these days. And that's why there's so many injuries. And so, that could be a, a great way to uh, channel uh, thought leadership. Yeah, no, definitely. I love those points. And I think it's something too, I think you alluded to this earlier, doing these types of strategies in the online world does not lead to instant success or instant results. Like you might have to stick with it for weeks or months or even longer to really grow to the type of level that you're looking for. And I think the consistency piece and the slow and steady growth is the key here. Um, I do think sometimes people win what I call the social media lottery and mm -hmm. something just blows up. And next thing you know, they're, you know, up like 30,000 followers and that sort of thing. And it's great. That's rare. Don't, don't play the social media game expecting to win the lottery because it's kind of rare. Expect more exactly. of that slow and steady and consistent kind of growth. Um, at least that's kind of been my take on it. And I also love your point um, on the importance of focusing on the individual that you're trying to serve and not just focusing on like certain lead generation numbers or conversion rates or that sort of thing. At least at first, like if you're going to invest thousands of dollars into your marketing, marketing, then yeah, you probably want a return on that investment. But if you're someone like me, who's mostly doing things on their own, you want to provide best for the people that you work with day in and day out, exactly. or at least I hope you do. And if you do that, then everything else falls into place. You don't have to, you know, I think if you're in this space to make money and focus on like, 
the profit alone, then I think you're doing a huge disservice to the people that you should be trying to serve day in and day out. Well, I think you made a great point. What you do, there's Facebook management or mm -hmm. social media management, and then there's social media amplification sponsored content. They are two different things. And what we're talking about is organic traffic to your site, to your website, to your platform. You know, you're driving people organically, meaning you're doing as much as you can on your own for free, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, um, and so, but if you want to pay to play and you want to spend a little bit of marketing dollars, like you mentioned, and push out it, more content to a audience that will end up following you and you can grow your audience that way, you know, by paying, that's a different story. And you can expect a return on investment with that and create leads that way. Organically, you're going to get leads, but it's going to take time because nobody knows you're out there unless you, you know, speak for yourself and, 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 and gather moss on your own. Otherwise you have to pay and it, it's a more instantaneous and, uh, and faster. Yeah, no, definitely. That's um, certainly a great way to put it. I think that the more you, I, I call it the importance of outsourcing or kind of like we mentioned before, not trying to do everything on your own, right? Like there's certain things that I know I'm good at and certain things I really suck at. Um, creativity <laughs> as far as website design, not my specialty. That's why I say, <laughs> you know what? We need to we need to tap out on this one to someone. But who let's give credit where credit time. is due and you knew what you wanted. You just didn't know how to put it together. Yeah. Well, I think that's another essential piece is if you're in the health or fitness or this general space, I think you need to know what you're after in general. It doesn't have to be specific, but you know, if you're in the fitness space and you really want to help people lose weight, then that's what you're going to, you know, target. You know, you probably yeah, don't exactly. want to work with like the 16-year-old high school athlete if your whole goal is to help people lose weight. Um, because exactly. I haven't seen a whole lot of 16 year old athletes that I think, oh, they definitely need to lose weight. Um, I think more about sports performance and injury prevention in that side of things. So I think knowing where you as an individual want to go is an essential piece. And I think that's something that like, you can't pay someone to figure that out for you. You have to figure it mm -hmm. out for yourself. You have to take some time to reflect and actually think about where you want to go as an individual and then kind of build your path to get there. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, once that's created, then you can create your logo, your website and a, a plan of attack, so to speak, to how you're going to go to market. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, what happens or what have you seen lead individuals to fail in this endeavor or when people start going down this road of the online world, growing a website, growing on social media, maybe starting, you know, an email thread or an email chain or something along those lines, uh, a newsletter, and then things start to crumble or fall apart. What do you think leads people to not get what they want out of this? I think they have unrealistic expectations. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing is that they, they set themselves up in a manner that they expect, you know, tons of things that are happening right away off the bat and they're not in it for the long haul. And anyone that creates a business knows that, you know, it's a one in a million that, like you said, that finds success immediately. Otherwise, you know, the failure is in the, 
you know, setting expectations and then getting frustrated, you know, six months in because they don't have what they thought they would by now or what they thought they deserved by now or things like that. And they, they kind of lose their motivation to, you know, keep their head down and keep going and keep, keep, you know, pushing ahead because eventually it will, it will pick up. And the more that you put your head down and do the work, then you're going to get enough business. And if you're on your own, you know, you'll, you'll get to a point where you can outsource and get a little help and put a little budget towards something that is, you know, going to even move the needle a lot, a lot faster for you, but you have to start somewhere and you have to just stay focused on, on your goal, you know, and not keep looking down at your feet and wondering why they're not moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. I like that. It it has a tendency to snowball, right? It starts it, really It absolutely slow. snowballs. It's yeah. just a matter of, and I, I tell people this a lot in, in just, you know, with campaigns, you know, slow and steady wins the race. It always does. If you don't have any budget or you have very little budget, you can still be successful. You just have to set your expectations that whatever your budget is, that, that needs to be the, the size of your expectations. You know, they have to, they have to, you know, a lot of people are like, I have, you know, I have $450 a month to, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you can do that. But you have to realize that, you know, you're not going to have 500 clients at the end of the year. You know, that's not enough budget to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. well, yeah. The, the other piece along those lines too, I'm glad you brought that up is plain and simple. Sometimes we try things and they don't work. I mean, there's a lot of things I tried yeah. posting on Instagram or TikTok and I was like, yeah, that did not go what I thought it would. Uh, I didn't do what I planned it would. And I just abandoned the idea because it just didn't get me what I wanted. But the same- How long did you let it go? Um, I usually run for a few months with certain ideas. And if it's not engaging or getting what I want out of it, then I kind of change a little bit. But I feel like the same could be true from a paid advertisement standpoint as well as you could have a great idea and then something changes and it doesn't quite hit home the way you expect it to. I think you have to be willing to accept the fact that it's an ongoing process to learn and figure out what you want on the online world. And just because you think you have an idea doesn't mean it's actually going to take off the way you want it to, right? Like there's certain things I posted on Instagram that take me two seconds to make and they blow up. And there's other things that take me 20 minutes to make and they get nothing. So it's an ever evolving process. The algorithms and that sort of thing that I don't really know much about are also always changing. And I think that you have to be willing to accept the uh, the fact that it's not always going to work out right away. And sometimes you have to change your process and change what you do in order to get the engagement or what you're looking for from the online world. Uh, that's very valid. Um, but I, I can say when you are paying to push out your content, you will get, you are going to be in a targeted audience that you are trying to reach automatically. Okay. So you'll be in the right audience that you're pushing out towards. And then on that, you will, it will optimize and create lookalike audiences. So the people that are clicking, engaging, doing the things that they, you want them to do, fill out a form, that type of thing. Those people that are doing that, it it optimizes, your campaign will optimize and find lookalikes and then kick out the people that don't belong, that aren't doing what you want them to do. And so 
it is completely not a set it and forget it type of thing. It is a very, it's like a growing organism, so to speak, that, you know, and it's very exciting. And I, I get chills when I think of when I watch companies and brands grow and get, you know, engaging and get, you know, when they're like, I have 25 new clients and, you know, they're just so excited about it because it's, it actually worked. You know, that is something that actually gives me, you know, a, a lot of happiness for my clients. So I always say you have to give something 90 days, but in that 90 days, that doesn't mean that we're not going to shift, uh, you know, a plan of attack, so to speak. Um, and I love to shift gears and, and I like to farm where the farming is good. So if something's working really well, I also like to do a multiple things that want in one campaign so that you're not just doing one thing because I'm a big believer that people are, it, it is a journey for people. People are, you know, they're asking friends, they're researching, they're, they're Googling, they're, you know, looking at um, social media and then they're talking to their neighbor or they're talking to somebody at the grocery store. And it's just this, crazy journey of what people are doing these days. They're not just doing one thing. So you kind of need to be everywhere, sadly, <laughs> you know, because that's where you're going to find everyone. And everyone needs to be touched 34 times to get them to do what you want them to do. So that's a lot of touches in the digital world. You need to be, you know, and I don't mean touch like touch, but <laughs> I mean touch, you know, whether it's a digital ad or a Facebook ad or a Instagram reel or whatever it might be. You know, if you want them to conform to what you're trying to get them to do, it takes a lot of time. So you, you, so you don't abandon and abort your situation because you're just getting them down the funnel to get them to do what you want them to do. Yeah. And I think that's where we mentioned before about the importance of consistency that really comes in as yes. well. Like if you send out one email a week or one email a month to get to that total of 34, it takes you a lot longer than if you were doing three a week. It's going to take you three years. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it takes you a, a long time. Well, so. And you shouldn't do just an email. You need no. to do email. You need to do your, you know, your Facebook posts, your reels, your, you know, you have a good keyword search. You know, if you have a little bit of budget, do some, you know, do some Google, you know, marketing and things like that. So there's, it is, it is a lot to handle, but it is so worth it in the end. I completely agree. And I think that that again goes back to the importance that I keep mentioning time and time again is recognize that you can't do it all alone. And it's certainly okay to say, hey, look, I don't know what to do here. I need to call someone who knows what they're doing and can actually yeah. help this. I feel like it saves you a whole lot of frustration, a whole lot of time, and it just makes life so much easier. Um, and I can't do certain... what you do, so I wouldn't try to be a physical <laughs> yeah. therapist. <laughs> yeah, we, so we work together. Um, exactly. And you can do what you're, you know, you do what you do best and you take alleviate time for you and then you get more clients that way and you let the people that know how to do marketing do that. Yeah, it's a beautiful system when you get to do exactly what you want and you don't have to do the things that you might not want to do or have right. the interest to do or so on that way. It just um, works. I've recommended you to a number of people in the past and I know many have reached out, but for people listening who maybe aren't familiar with you and all the amazing things um, that you do on the day-to-day, -day, where can they find out more about you uh, and how can they get in contact with you and your team, Janine? Oh, well, thank you, Dan. Uh, well, I have a website, strategicadvertisingsolutions.com. And, or you can call me directly at 410-212-2091. 
I'd love to help uh, anyone grow their business. It really is. Um, it might sound, you know, uh, funny, but it, it it literally gives me goosebumps when I get to watch something grow and succeed. And it just, it, it, it drives me for sure. So um, I have a team just so you know, I have, I have two digital strategists and a creative director and myself, and we have a team and, and we create websites, we create landing pages on that, you know, we do SEO, all of the backend stuff. And then everything in between from social media to Google, to geofencing, to programmatic audio, doing commercials, uh, doing YouTube ads, doing CTV streaming, you name it, we do it. We can create anything you need. That's awesome. I don't even know what half of those terms are, um, but I love that you do. And I can do anything and everything I need. It it's all about life. using, I like to, I like to think out of the box and how do you, you know, as much as I was telling you and what, and your audience, how to, how to create, how to make yourself unique. I, I like to do that and think out of the box. How can I make my client appear unique among all of the things that are going on outwardly in the, you know, sponsored world of marketing. And so um, that's kind of one of my uh, unique attributes is how to do something that is out of the box that will showcase you much, uh, much louder and broader than everyone else. That's what we're here for. I love that. That's right. I mean, it is always a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, I really appreciate your time and all the amazing things that you continue to do day in and day out. And looking forward to the next time we get to catch up. And the feelings mutual, Dan. You go above and beyond and I always appreciate you.